Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is December 18th, 2020. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Vim Shanmugam. And I'm Summer Lee. Hi, Vim. Summer, it's a holiday season. Oh my god, I can't. I, I don't know. Like, the concept of time has been weird as shit this year, but oh shit, it's time to buy presents again. And yeah, that's always a fun process. Yeah, uh, presents this year especially, <laughs> that's going to be mm-hmm. tricky. But I mean, I mean, I guess like it's a, it's a way of keeping people um, to the new ways of shopping. So shopping mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if, if you can't think of anything else, maybe just, you know, a box of 50 masks is enough to show your appreciation for the person. You know, you know? <sighs> yeah, you can never have too many masks, especially this year. Um, are you Are you done with your shopping? I hope so, but you know, it's like one of those things where you think you've got it under control, then suddenly, oh shit, there's another person I kind of am supposed to care about or something. <laughs> then you gotta wow. like, do like the last minute scrambling. Damn it, these people don't like send it in three days. What do I do? There should be a limit on your friends, just like how there's a limit on um, <laughs> how there's a limit on people that you can meet. I think that's that's how gifts should be given out. So if you have a five person limit on people that you can meet outside, you should only have to need to give five gifts to people. Whoa, 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 Vim. But we're also moving into phase three, which means eight people okay, now, I- dude. Go and get three gifts. You are missing three gifts, sir. <laughs> yes, yeah, good news in Singapore because we're moving from five people that you can meet outside. Well, no, no, you can't meet five people. You can be in groups of five outside. And that is now going to be extended to eight people um, from December 28th, which is our phase three in Singapore, getting out of this pandemic, um, or I guess like easing of pandemic um, protocols. But yeah, if you like me, kind of don't want to squeeze into all those crowds and you kind of don't trust people when they say they'll ship shit in five days, then maybe you want to look at our article where we've actually partnered up with uh, brands like Hydra Gun, the Thirsty Beer Shop, and Indian Spice Box to give away some fun stuff. So that could be your last minute gift or, you know, to treat yourself because the year has been absolutely horrific. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing like retail therapy, I would say. Yeah, massage, beer and hot spices. Mm. Advertise with our in-house agency growth. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. And now for our top stories, and we start in Thailand. So if you want to mix love and tourism, Thailand is a place to be. Ready for some loving? Thai tourism rushes romance to the thirsty, thirsty public. So a few weeks ago, we found out from the Thai Tourism Authority that they were launching a series of flights um, that were for uh, lonely couples. But now it seems that that has come early. Tinder has come on board where they plan to bring 100 lonely ladies and gents down the romantic Chow Praia River on a dinner cruise. Um, of course, there'll be champagne, food, and sweet talk involved. But the interesting thing here, and very, and I guess this is very, very Thai, you first have to go pray along nine temples for love. <laughs> the, cute. it is cute right and also on this trip you will be able to meet a renowned astrologer Tosfron Sritula 
probably butchered the name, so sorry. Where you can actually um, get celestial counsel about upping your game and falling in love. So it's kind of an interesting way of getting people in the lovey-dovey mood. Um, this all all happening now, um, but in January, there will actually be like flights to uh, islands uh, where you can meet people. It's exclusively for singles um, in a way to kind of boost domestic tourism. So um, they're mixing love and tourism. That's one way to try to promote tourism, domestic tourism. Once you can meet your loved one, a potential loved one, I feel that's always like a carrot. But yeah, I think it's kind of cool how like, you know, Thailand is constantly thinking of ways to diversify the portfolio, if you will. Um, and there was that airline that kind of did that flight above all of those holy sites, only to turn back to the same airport. Flights to nowhere, but make it holy. Right, so so uh, now you get the chance to go fly above holy sites and, you know, get prayed for. And now you get to find your lost love or find a new love along <laughs> the river. I love it. I wonder if you can like... um swipe right or swipe left like in person <laughs> do you yeah, think like, they'll be, and, <laughs> they'll yeah, be like, frowned so, upon well i mean if you're aboard a uh aboard a boat near the river right so if you really want to swipe anybody to the right that might be in the ocean so or the river i would say <laughs> Down so yeah i guess it's possible <laughs> it's like tinder but irl <laughs> yeah. yeah especially if that astrologer says like it's not written in the stars boom swipe left mm-hmm <laughs> so mean yeah man we're just like over here just recommending violence as the answer <laughs> to your problems it always is wait wait just mm -hmm. kidding but yeah over in manila stay away filipinas are warned against sugar daddy websites Ooh. Mm -hmm. be wary of joining websites that help filipinas look for sugar daddies the Philippine Commission on Women, also known as the PCW, said in a statement that they released last week. The PCW noted that there were several reports about websites that purportedly introduced successful men to people who wish to become sugar babies or women who offer companionship in exchange for money or gifts. Mm. The commission said that while each Filipina has the freedom to decide for herself, damn right! Such websites exploit her vulnerabilities, which is especially true in the light of the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Thousands of businesses have shuttered and millions of Filipinos have lost their jobs due to the stringent lockdowns imposed by the government. But yeah, I guess this is true that people have to kind of watch out because nothing on the internet is really what they seem. And of course, while we absolutely support the autonomy of women, damn, should people be safe? There are a lot of weird people on the internet is what I'm trying to say, but... And yeah, it seems that's what the PCW is saying too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I just generally, like I, I've seen a lot of like these ads like pop up. First of all, I don't even know why I'm being marketed to. I can't even be uh, a sugar, uh, uh. a sugar Mimi. <laughs> a sugar, I should be a sugar baby. I feel like I need to find a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy. But, but Don't um, we all, don't we all in this economy, uh, damn. <laughs> So true. And I think, yeah, maybe that's part of it, right? Like part of the marketing is because like, you know, people might be in need of financial stability, shall we say. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, safety first. And yeah, it's just kind of a tricky, yeah, it's just a very tricky thing, right? Because, you know, to each his own, as long as everything is consensual. But um, a lot of these things have popped up. Yeah, I mean, there, we've also seen, you know, the rise of OnlyFans this year. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. that's an option. 
Uh -huh. just, just putting on a table, you know, you know. Yeah, you can be in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. In Bali, a Russian influencer launches off a Bali dock in his motorcycle in a social media stunt. And the police are none too happy. And well, the whole uh, Bali isn't. So a Russian influencer rode off a pier on a bike uh, with his girlfriend in tow and basically just crashed a bike into the ocean. And it was all for a um, publicity stunt to get likes and views, which he did. The influencer has about 4.8 million followers on Instagram. And yeah, after the reckless and disrespectful stunt, uh, where some people claimed that he was polluting the ocean, he was called out by Balinese designer and politician Nilu Jen Latik. But yeah, the guy took down the video, or I, well, I would say like he put his Instagram to private and he claims that 30 minutes after they took the bike out, he didn't pollute the water. And he gave the bike to the locals. He had bought the bike. He didn't like rent the bike. And so he claims he hadn't broken any laws. Um, but Indonesia's environmental protection law prohibits legal dumping of waste into the environment. This kind of like falls into that. And violators could actually face up to three years in prison and be fined up to $213,000 USD. So yeah, even though it's sort of like a public stunt done for the gram, uh, that might be repercussions. So, yeah, uh, kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely littering. I see two pieces of shit launching themselves into the water, and I am concerned. Yeah, I mean, for people who haven't watched the video, uh, he's riding a bike really quickly off the pier. He has uh, his girlfriend or friend, a female friend, um, in a bikini um, on his back. So they just jump, it just kind of crashes into the water, and, and you know, they swim away. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand, like, why why this is even, like, a, why this is even such a big, like, stunt, you know? Like, why even do that? Like, it's is it that special to be riding off a pier? It, maybe it was, I've watched, like, too many action films, and I feel <laughs> like this is, this is, like, a like a first act stunt. No one cares. <laughs> exactly. It's like, do you think it's cool just because we see an influencer do it? No, come on. We have action movies. You know what? Even though we're stuck indoors, we have access to action movies. Yeah. You don't need to watch you do it, random person uh, with yeah. 8 million followers. Yeah, I think like this this whole year, there have been lots of like foreigners in all countries. Um, and this doesn't just pertain to, to foreigners coming from Europe or America or the UK, but even like Singaporeans and, and Asians going to other countries. There's been lots of like naughty like behavior from everyone. Like everyone needs to just chill, like be chill. You know, I understand 2020 was a little bit stressful, but come on, 2021 is coming in. Let's be calm. Let's be chill. This dude, though, he's like, he noted later that he does charity work for kids. Got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I always love those, like, you know, non-related, like, uh, responses to to their naughty shenanigans. Like, oh, no, we we are not bad people. We do also this. No, you can be bad people and also do this. So, yeah, you weirdo. I help kids. Okay, here's your license to throw a bike in the ocean. Yeah. You've earned it. Mm -hmm. well, and over in Singapore, the shenanigans continue. This is indeed us, says YouTuber Ryan Tan as he pays his litter penalty with Dikosh. But yes, a radio DJ and high-profile YouTuber were humbled by a little public service over the weekend for littering. 
So you might know Ryan Tan as the co-founder of local production house Night Owl Cinematics, uh, who confirmed that those were genuine photos that somebody took and uploaded online of him and DJ Dikosh carrying brooms and dustpans while wearing signature CWO pink and neon green vests in Jurong East. And yeah, CWO just stands for Corrective Work Order, which is commonly meted out to litterbugs. So these two, mm mm-hmm. And yeah, he says, yes, this is indeed us doing our corrective work order because we were caught littering, but this really helps me explain one thing, la. He wrote online uh, in response to the photos. They were busted for littering in December 2019. And of mm. course, you might know Bikosh, a real name, Daryl Koshi, who has been under investigation since August over accusations he solicited sex from minors. Uh-oh. And, but I saw these photos on Twitter and automatically I was like, Wait, what the hell? Is that all he's getting for allegedly being a pedo? So yeah, it definitely helps to read the whole article and not just the headline, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw the photos and I was like, yeah, what are these two clowns up to? Um, Ryan, as you said, like one of the founders of NOC, Dikosh, a famous, well, infamous now, oh. DJ here in Singapore. <laughs> but that's quite severe of a punishment for being a litter bug, I feel like needing to pick up trash well i wouldn't say it's like um severe but mm-hmm. yeah the public humiliation i think maybe that's part of it right like once you everyone sees you sort of like picking up trash in these like cwo vests yeah. um, i guess it's kind of like you know poetic justice because like if you throw it maybe you should pick some up you know <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder what they threw away now i'm like curious like what, what happened that you know because i feel like mm-hmm. i see people like you know not throwing their trash away properly, you know, all the time. So I wonder what they did that was like the tipping point. Or maybe it was just like bad timing. Like they did it in front of like an NEA or NEA agent or like a cop. Right. So apparently it was for a YouTube sketch. So um, they actually reenacted the moment where they were caught by a plainclothes officer. And in it, they look around cautiously before uh, carelessly tossing wrappers of the snacks they were eating. So it's in the freaking Uh. video. That's so dumb. Like, you know, if it was something like small by mistake, you know, maybe we could let you get away with it. But if you're tossing like snack wrappers and bags, you freaking know that, yeah, you're you're littering. And it's Singapore. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a fine for everything. Mm-hmm. It's the fine city indeed. Well, Summer, have you ever watched Jurassic Park? I know you're a youngin, so I don't know. Well, maybe for you, it's Jurassic World. Yes, it is, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrible. I, am, I know, I know. <laughs> well, life has apparently found a way in Indonesia at a new recreational park in East Java. A triceratops is on the loose. So a viral video has been going around where a triceratops, yes, the dinosaur, has been running around, but it got captured and uh, it's safe now. <laughs> Obviously, this is um, just a joke. Uh, the triceratops is not real oh damn <laughs> as, it as much as we would love for him to be or her um but it was actually sort of a elaborate um costume uh, all part of promotion of a new um recreational park um but netizens had a whole bunch of fun watching the videos of the poor triceratops being caught um and they enjoyed his little antics as he was being captured moving around trying to escape so Dude. a little cute, cute little triceratops. 
you need to see the freaking video because like it's real realistic. If I see this kind of shit in real life, I my mm. dumb ass would call SBCA. I would not know what to do. Okay, it looks real. <laughs> <laughs> this this reminds me of this like meme from a few years ago where um there's a behind the scenes photo of Steven Spielberg um sitting in front of one of the animatronic uh, Triceratops. Uh, from the original Jurassic Park, and it's quite real looking. And all these people started getting super mad. All these like new youngins, maybe you, Summer, were you one of them um, who who started claiming, "Oh my gosh, like this guy is like trophy hunting, like that poor creature, like all these like horrible things." And and people were like, "Uh, that's a dinosaur. It did not exist. It does not exist in our time." And that's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> but it's so funny, and yeah, it's a good meme to bring back to celebrate this Indonesian Triceratops on the loose. Yeah, and it feels like dinosaurs are having a season because it feels like we got that Changi Jurassic Mile where you, you can walk along a trail and there's like, mm. I don't know, are they made of styrofoam? I don't know, but they're not real dinosaurs, but there's just a whole bunch of figures of them. And of course, there were reports of people getting hit by golf balls from the nearby golf course. So <laughs> talk about a 4D experience, but damn. Yep. The dinosaurs are coming back. Oh, and over in Hong Kong, a 42-year-old woman is Hong Kong's youngest COVID-19 death not complicated by underlying disease. But yes, a 42-year-old woman died from COVID-19 last Saturday, marking the city's youngest death of a patient who was otherwise healthy. So the woman developed symptoms on December 4th and was admitted to Queen Elizabeth Hospital's intensive care unit two days later. At the time, she had a fever, cough, and shortness of breath, but she subsequently tested positive for COVID-19. And yeah, throughout the hospitalization, the patient required mechanical ventilation for breathing assistance, and she died on Saturday night, six days after she was admitted. Oh, man. And yeah, authorities have actually warned of a worrying trend of younger patients contracting serious cases of COVID-19 compared to the virus's previous waves in the city and more being listed as critically ill, sparking concern for the health of younger patients who generally are less affected by the disease than those who are older. Oof. That's so scary, because well, like, we would think that, you know, old people are the most vulnerable, but at the same time, damn, this virus just does not discriminate. Yeah, I think people just need to be careful. You know, I think a lot of places, as we are seeing now, have second waves, third waves, even fourth waves. And Singapore... Uh, you know, we're moving into sort of, of potential phase three, which is one of the easing measures of our pandemic protocols. But everyone just needs to be on guard. You know, I, I feel like this is the the scariest time, you know, when mm. people are have been cooped up for so long and, you know, they just want to get out and they skip steps and you don't take care of yourself. You take a little bit more, um, you know, you take a few more risks and, and you just expose yourself and, you know, all we don't we still don't know like how severe um what are the long-term like repercussions of, of the virus uh is you know so um yeah really sad news and and stay vigilant follow your protocols in whatever country you're in and be safe mm-hmm. speaking to you one guy who had a group of 12 at soul garden that one time oh gosh <laughs> Well, similar situation in Myanmar, domestic trouble has resumed, um, but you can only do so with a COVID-19 test. Well, if you pass the COVID-19 test um, 
in Myanmar, there was actually a second wave. So there's this sort of a second lockdown and a lot of flights were canceled, but now they're allowing sort of domestic flights to happen first. And uh, you have to go through a screening. Uh, this will take place at the airports. And if you're past fit, then you can go on the flight. If you unfortunately have COVID-19, then you get your flight refunded, but then you have to go check in a hospital or, or get treatment. Um, so it's a whole... Um, they're trying to be very strict about uh, contact tracing as well. So um, this is all part of the, the health regulations in Myanmar um, to make sure that, you know, they do bring back domestic travel. I wouldn't say domestic tourism, but certainly domestic travel. And on January 1st, international travel to Myanmar will commence. So, yeah, I think you can see steps being taken by our Southeast Asian countries to head in the right direction, um, but still tentative steps. And there's still a lot of protocols in place to make sure that you can only go on a flight for healthy. Mm -hmm. And as days pass, right, I'm just thinking about how Naomi Campbell was like ahead of the curve by wearing hazmat suits onto her flights. <laughs> yes. Now, now, like I think some, some flight attendants and, and, you know, the testers, the, the screeners, I guess, like have to wear those hazmat suits. So, yeah, she was always ahead of the trends. Mm -hmm. Move over, Dr. Fauci. No, I'm just kidding. Dude. Yeah, just... <gasps> and yeah, over in Coconuts KL, our top story for the week. Seductive aroma of what? <laughs> Malaysian billboard becomes butt of jokes. Oh my God, I love this story. But yeah. L literally, really literally. Mm -hmm. Yep, you gotta, you gotta wait for the story to like get the whole thing and here it is. <laughs> But yeah, marketers have another powerful lesson on the importance of carefully selecting fonts. A billboard along the Plus Highway brought much-needed laughter to the world by promising coffee drinkers a much cheekier aroma than intended. The smell of booty. <laughs> it's not every day I could just say the smell of booty on, like, uh, on air, so let me just savor this for a second. The same way everybody will be savoring the smell. <laughs> but yes, instead of declaring aroma pangang, P-A-N-G-G-A-N-G, Yang Mimikat, which also means a seductive roasted aroma. The font used for the Malay text make this, made the second word look like Pangang, spelled P-U-N-G-G-U-N-G, -G, which means <sighs> but. <laughs> but. But. Honestly, like, just graphic. These people really said uh, with their whole chest, graphic design is my passion, and they chose this freaking font. Thank you so much. All you do is bring me joy. <laughs> But yes, of course, you know, um, as usual, the internet reacts and they react very well. Someone said, whoever designed this, we need to talk about the font selection. And honestly, <laughs> same. But that's what Twitter user Fazila Mamad said in a tweet, uh, calling attention to the ad for Superfood Marketing's white coffee beverage. So Fazila told Coconuts KL that she took the photo on the plus highway from Saramban to Kuala Lumpur. And when she saw the billboard, she immediately saw the butt. And honestly, same. <laughs> she said, of course, I just laughed out loud and took the photo straight away. You know what, Fadila? You're a mood. I think the, the one thing that we can learn from all of this is that when in doubt, use Comic Sans. At least Absolutely. that's clear. I, I've been shitting on the font myself, but really, it's just, it's, she's recognizable. She makes a statement. She evokes emotions. Comic Sans is that bitch. <laughs> but yes, of course, like everyone else on the internet um, joined in on the laughter. Honestly, same. One guy said, aroma pangang, weird, but maybe some people have a fetish for it. True, true. 
True. You know what? True. But yes, some others didn't think it was a mistake. And someone said that's how they want to advertise their product. Now it's viral on Twitter. But yeah, you know what? Um, That's one way to get the word out about your product. Like maybe this was done on purpose. The font was chosen on purpose. And now they've got the whole world laughing. Yeah. Hey, any publicity is good publicity, apparently. Yeah, and, and of course, the apparent gaffe comes three months after a streaming media platform had to explain it's eyebrow-raising anal Malaysia poster. So, like, you know, put this in the same box where all this came from. Yeah, what's up, man? I mean, uh, hey, you know, to each his own. To each his own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're checking in with Todd Ruiz, our managing editor of Coconuts Bangkok. He is going to be telling us all about the ins and outs of what's happening in Bangkok and Thailand, but also an interesting story. A love story almost 59 years in the making. I think it's 59. might be like 51. 50 years in the making. Maybe more than that. But it's an interesting story about how this um, American guy is trying to find a long-lost love in Thailand after a long, long time. So let's check in with Todd. Hi, Todd. How are you doing? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good, good. How are things in Bangkok? Well, things in Bangkok are a little quieter. People are buckling in for the, the year end. Um, it uh, probably not surprising to many who live in Southeast Asian cities, but everywhere you go, it's Christmas time. It's, uh, it's festoons of lights and uh, places to take selfies with uh, cardboard uh, toy soldiers and candy canes because these malls got to make some sales happen. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like more than other countries in, in Southeast Asia, Bangkok's definitely been, or I guess like Thailand for that matter, uh, has, I don't want to say back to normal, but close to back to normal. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's strange because from, from here, we're looking out at the rest of the world that's still seething uh, uh, with this, with this pandemic. Um, I tell you, I, I call my mother. My mother in California gets kind of annoyed with me when I call her. Uh, she's tired of hearing me tell her what we're up to because she's, I mean, she's hunkered down at home, right? She can barely go out. Things are terrible mm-hmm. there. Um, and then she talks to me and I'm at the night, I'm at the club or the bar uh, and she wants to know how we're all, if we're all wearing masks. And I, I say, well, no, not once we're inside because, you know, there's just no COVID here. Um, so yeah, I mean, Bangkok is, is, is going pretty much full swing. What, what's, what's really kind of odd though, is, is this time of the year, we're used to having a lot more guests in town. You know, the streets are usually filled with, uh, Chinese and Europeans and people visiting from all over. And, and, you know, suddenly there's no tourists, uh, which mm. it's kind of nice because we kind of have the place to ourselves too, but, but it is strange. <laughs> Yeah, like how how is uh, international tourism into Thailand? Because like they're they've kind of opened up. There are some uh, sort of I guess like ways to get in if you really needed to get in, um, but it, there's still a process, right? Like people need to be quarantined, and I think you need to have like um, like hotels booked for your whole stay. It, it get it's pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, open up in the sense that you're going from a a complete tight lockdown to uh, to us maybe a small little hole that's been chiseled in that um 
sure, if you meet certain requirements, if you have family here, if of course, if you're Thai, if you have a work permit, if you meet some strict criteria, you're you're eligible to come back. But that doesn't mean it's easy to. Um, mm. You've got to do a battery of testing. You've got to do a lot of paperwork, and you have to pay for quite costly uh, uh, two weeks of quarantine when you arrive. So, mm. again, for example, I could go see my mother in California, but I, I, it would be very difficult for me to come back um, if if I chose to. Um, they do have this new special tourist visa that that they introduced some some couple months back um that is it's a longer term thing right so that's the kind of the carrot they're trying to dangle is well you can stay a really long time you can stay up to months for several months if you get this thing renewed but if you look through the actual hoops that people have to jump through um it's it's incredibly onerous and mm. and not many people have 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 taken them up on it um, they did not just this past week, they expanded it to, it was a select prior, prior to the pat this past week, it was limited to countries with, which were deemed low risk of, uh, COVID, right? I mean, they didn't hmm. have too many cases or whatnot, but now they've, they've opened it up to anyone. Uh, you know, I mean, there is some desperation. Thailand has one plaudits for, for basically shutting down the virus. Um, but of course the, about a fifth of the economy depends on tourism. So on one hand, the condition Thailand is in makes it means it'll be ready to go as soon as I guess enough people are vaccinated and travel starts happening again. But yeah. uh, but a lot of people here are hurting. You go to a lot of the towns that are normally bustling and busy and everything's shut down. Um, uh, household debt has increased tremendously um, mm. this past year. So uh, the economic indicators aren't good. In the meantime, they've been they've been pulling ev uh, they've been pulling out all the stops to try to come up with increasingly wacky domestic tourism promotions, like to try to get people to hit the streets here um, from dangling cash in front of them, uh, which uh, not too many people were taking up these subsidies until suddenly. Uh, 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 people figured out how to game the system, and then suddenly all the money disappeared. Um, to <laughs> tours, they're taking trips. They're 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 like those flights to nowhere, but they're flying over sacred sites in the shape of a heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not, you know, we don't have, we don't really have international tourism. We're hurting. We need to get it soon. Um, we're kind of, I guess, counting on the rest of the world to get its vaccine act together. Mm. Let's hope that's sooner rather than later. <laughs> Much sooner. Indeed. Okay, and of course, we have to talk about this one guy from California who we wrote a story on, on Coconuts Bangkok, who definitely wants to come to Bangkok once we all get the vaccines and stuff. So yeah, could you tell us more about William Bruce? William Bruce, yeah, uh, interesting. So William Bruce is uh, a doctor. He was a, an army combat man. Wait, no, he's an army physician uh, during the war with Vietnam. Um, he was stationed in Korat. Korat is kind of in the center, bit northeast of Thailand. The the U.S. Army had what was called Camp Friendship at the time. Um, today, it's the, the Royal Thai Air, Air Force has a, an air base there. Um, so he was assigned to Camp Friendship. Um, he he got a weekend's leave. He went up to Chiang Mai to check it out at his hotel. He met a tour guide there. Um, and they had a, a lovely 
uh, weekend uh, touring, uh, went and going to temples, uh, doing the obligatory elephant ride. Um, and and I, I guess they sort of fell for each other. So he Monday, he's got to be back on base. He goes back down to Porat. Um, and then she, she comes down to see him. And uh, he's staying in some house off housing off base that she finds absolutely atrocious. So she checks into a hotel um, and they spend what, what sound like a very lovely uh, couple weeks together. He meanwhile is falling madly in love. No. Thinks he thinks he wants to propose. He's seen marriage. Uh, his superior officers are like, hmm, not sure if that's a good idea. Anyways, all this gets cut short after their two weeks of a whirlwind romance. He gets urgent orders. Um, some of his some of his peers, uh, uh, medical personnel in, in, in Laos at some other uh, base are, are killed. And he's got urgent orders. He's got to go to Laos where, where these people have been killed. Uh, um, and he's got to leave. So he, has, he says goodbye. That's the last time he ever sees That's so sad. But oh, my yo. gosh. I don't know. So you said the story was from the 1970s. So why is he trying to find her now in the middle of a pandemic? And like, what are his chances, yeah, to be it honest? Was, it, was, it was the summer of love. It was 1969. Um, and <laughs> he went on to, he had a couple marriages. The first one didn't go so well, but the second one, uh, he's been married 30 years now. He's very happy. I, I assumed he was looking to, you know, rekindle a very old flame. But he mm-hmm. says, no, no, he, uh, he just, you know, he's 79 now. Uh, he says he's in good health as he goes running every day. Um, but it's just uh, something, I guess it's been always on his mind. You know, it's like, I mm-hmm. guess you get to that phase in life where you're kind of circling back to check boxes for things that are sort of unresolved issues in life. And this is something. Yeah. That, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this kind of story, I think wouldn't, would have been less newsworthy, say 20 years ago when enough time passed after that war, Southeast Asia stopped being as volatile a place. And, you know, for some time you had Western, well, we'll say Americans coming back who had, had been in the war um, and sort of making their own separate pieces with what had happened. And, and that led to a wave of, of migrants and retirees uh, came here to live. Um, but, but a lot of those guys, I mean, they're, they're disappearing every day. So there aren't as many of them left. So, you know, I, I'm saying that I think this was this would have been a more common story 20 years ago. But it, you hear about this kind of thing less and less so we, mm. we i got it i got an email from the investigators that he had hired who you know they'd been doing their thing but they hadn't had any luck he doesn't have much to go on yeah he, he doesn't he never got he only had her nickname he had her nickname he had a lot of photos he took and he had you know that she had lived in chiang mai uh had a photo of some of her friends but but really pretty slim pretty slim leads for anyone to go on so yeah, you know, they thought they, they would turn to the media. And, and uh, you know, do I think it's a good chance going to find this woman again? It's been 51 years. Uh, may not, but uh, I, I thought it was an interesting story and, and certainly one that we are unlikely to hear that kind of story again soon. If ever. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm thinking of is like, if you try this shit in Singapore, we'll find the person in three seconds because we're too small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe this is right. the perfect time to find people to be honest william bruce has got it because like i don't know we just have um what is that app that cursed app that you know you can kind of age people with was it face app Ooh, right yeah so yeah maybe we'll <laughs> use that app and we'll start the investigations today let's go team 
<laughs> that is actually quite a good idea, though, <laughs> to use a face app and like try to age age her and then try to find. <laughs> yeah, now now I'm invested. We got to find this person, man. Okay, but anyone with information, you can contact Bangkok Investigators at zero eight two five four two seven zero six four, or you can call me and we'll go find it her together. And Summer's <laughs> number is nine blah blah. No. <laughs> um. But Todd, yeah, cool. thank you, man. Thank you for checking in. Uh, looks as though Bangkok is a example for a lot of other countries to follow here in Southeast Asia. Um, but I think the overall America. picture, yeah, and the overall picture is that um, hopefully everything, well, maybe not right away, but slowly, hopefully everything comes back to normal, new mm -hmm. normal. Cheers. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Todd. Bye. so cute and yeah i'm this, like freaking hella serious okay like let's go find this person <laughs> yeah you know the face app idea is actually a pretty good idea i wonder if that would work the technology now today is like amazing we can find anything find anybody yeah i'm kind of invested in the story now i mean Chiang Mai is you know it's a good city it's a proper city so like there might be leads although the investigators haven't really found anything but maybe this will uh put the word out and a friend of a friend of a friend might be able to find a lead or two. Mm -hmm. Technology is amazing. Woohoo! Well, Summer, we're going to be taking a break, aren't we? Yay! People don't have to hear our voices for two weeks. Lucky <laughs> you. Yes, that's your that's your gift from us. A mm -hmm. gift from us to you. <laughs> but yeah, no worries. We'll be back on January eighth, twenty twenty one, aka twenty twenty part two, for more nonsense. Don't say 2020 part two. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Yeah, let's hope 2021 is going to be a great year. And everyone stay safe during the holidays. Don't be brave. Don't take any risks. Um, Wear a damn mask. Yep, stick to your health safety protocols. Have your small, small little parties. And you know what? If you're safe during this Christmas, you'll be safe for many more Christmases. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Damn, we should get that like uh, embroidered on a pillow. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia, and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Vim Shamugam. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez, and our editor is Raina Lim. <laughs> <laughs>